<laughs> totally the worst, <laughs> the worst way to start the podcast ever. <laughs> oh god, that's good. That's good. Who can't let it go? <laughs> All right, we are in uh, this beautiful house of music here on uh, an undisclosed location in Brooklyn <laughs> with uh, Samir Gupta and probably the youngest person to be interviewed on a, on a podcast. How old is Mahalia? Five weeks. Five weeks. Yeah, she might make. She might say something in a Maybe few moments. Yeah. But I think her presence will be felt. Oh, there she yeah, is. Sorry, we didn't mean to bring you up. You can put her on mic if you want. <laughs> it's okay. Anyway, it's great to be with her and with you. And um, you're you're coming out with this uh, record, which is a retrospective of uh, this period of music out in the Bay Area. And which which period? Like yeah, it was two thousand. Yeah, it was basically like from two thousand till about two thousand ten. Um, I moved to New York in about 2008, so it's like, you know, I was sort of transitioning from playing with that group a lot. It's, it was a group called The Supplicants, and the group still does play occasionally. It's pretty rare now, honestly. It kind of only happens when I go to the Bay Area and organize it, but back then we were playing quite a bit, and it was always, um, it was always very powerful music, even when we were making it, but I think the part that's pretty cool to think about now as far as a retrospective is that like it still is some of the most powerful music you know that's the part that I wasn't expecting that like even after moving to New York and connecting <clears throat> with so many fantastic musicians in New York that chemistry that was there with that group is still so deep and so kind of compelling and, and draws you in so powerfully that to me it's like remained very fresh and very kind of just tapping into a different place and so it feels like it's sort of kind of missing from the conversation in a way cool well what's can can you play something that we can let's see if i can bring something up here
All right. Well, it looks like we're out of time for the rest of the yeah, podcast. Right. <laughs> no, that track was like, I think it's like 20, 20 minutes almost. I think yeah. that that's very, was very typical of how that group played. I have, um, I kind of went through and went through all the old recordings I had, which was like 50 tracks or something. I mean, just tons of music. And uh, some of them were hour long continuous improvisations. And uh, some of them were 20 minutes. And yeah, I think on one of the collections, I have stuff that's like roughly 10 minutes, maybe some stuff that's shorter than 10 minutes. But a lot of the stuff is very epic and, and you know, has sections that also manifest improvisationally. Right. So this this is uh well, first, let's get the setting. So we're this, this is what they talk about when they say West Coast jazz. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly we're playing all the Miles Davis rebirth of the cool stuff. <laughs> so but OK, but we're on the West Coast. <laughs> we're on the West Coast in the Bay Area in and San Francisco. How many people are in the room? Um, you know, all those shows were kind of different. Like at that time in early 2000s, it was like the dot com era was sort of bubbling. It hadn't quite gotten to the sort of viciousness that it's taken on with the artistic, um, uh, you know, scene up there. But back then it was still very vibrant, you know, and um, we basically had a weekly gig at a club um, in North Beach. And, you know, we would just go and hit and, and a lot of musicians would come out and hear us you know and i would look up and i'd see you know chess smith who's like a great drummer that plays around new york right now and i was like wow chess is in the house devin hoff like another great bass but like all these really creative people um ben goldberg you know it's just like all these great musicians who um were very creative composers in their own right and um were, were kind of checking out this music and i had no idea in a way, like how deep some of these cats were that mm. were coming out and hearing the stuff. Um, but even years later, you know, I think I saw Ben Goldberg at the Stone and he came up to me or I came up to him and I was mentioned the supplicants and he was like, oh man, I used to go hear you guys all the time, you know? And so it's really cool to think about how many people connected over that. I think part of what made it appealing was that we were very anti-playing songs in a way you know we were like playing um time it almost felt like we were just like opening up a stream and we were able to kind of like get on get in the current of that and really ride it in a way and, and even like find flows like e exits and passages and sort of be able to go into other places and it all was such a strong stream of consciousness with with four musicians, you know, David Boyce, David Ewell and I started the trio in 99. David Ewell on bass. David Ewell on bass, David Boyce on saxophones. And this was before I knew anything about Indian classical music. And I just um, wanted to improvise in, the, in a, as pure of a sense as possible to the point where I really didn't want to have any chart. I didn't want to have any prefixed melody or meter or even chords or form or anything like that. And I also wanted to preserve that magic that happens when you first start playing with someone maybe that you've never played with before, right? When two musicians who've never played together before like start to play together, there's a special chemistry that almost always happens that first time, right? right? Like people are listening discovery. so closely. Yes, that discovery, that's yeah. exactly the word you know, to, to tap into that sort of creative discovery and source in a way at a, at a constant rate. Right. So it's, it's like really 
we are trying to listen at the utmost edge of our listening ability, right? To be able to respect and honor what the, what the group is doing and what those musicians are doing. Because really it is the first time we're kind of stepping into the moment with, with the people we're with, you know? It's sure. like every mo note we play is possibly the last note we're gonna play, right? Mm. So I, I think that attitude informed a lot of what the musicians were playing and what was the impetus for why we were playing what we were playing. So that was a very powerful place to create from. And I think that we got a lot of musical affirmation out of it. You know, the places we got to musically were so like elevating, you know, and it just, we left the stage just buzzing, like, you know, just like kind of feeling like it was unreal. Right. What happened? Yeah. Like what happened? Exactly. One, one cool thing I noticed about the improvisations is you guys managed to go from one soundscape to another, sometimes very slowly, which that that's an interesting thing that you don't hear a lot. You know, like you can hear the music's going somewhere and it's, it's really drifts there, you know, yeah. and, 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 and so something, there is moments that if they were the beginning of that track would be uh, abrasive, you know, or, or you know, uh, filed under like straight up free jazz mm -hmm. but they come on so slowly that yeah. you're 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 gently brought to this world and, and gently leave yeah i think you're totally picking up picking up on something that i started noticing uh the more i heard it and actually i think even my studies of indian classical music actually helped me understand what i was hearing back then you know like to be able to slowly uh permeate the consciousness right where you you kind it's it is the drone in a lot of ways you know it's like you're slowly filling up the water in a tub or you're or you're slowly heating something up yeah. where you actually don't realize that you're going to a new place in your energy or in the flow but then suddenly you're there and it's this new experience so that gradual you know the gradual shift is very very powerful because it kind of preserves the hypnosis if you will you know it's it's like you're you're witnessing a beautiful creation and inside that there's little changes that are happening you know there's little moves that people are making that's making the stream change you know there could be rocks coming up underneath slowly there could be you know some branches in the way and those kinds of things are changing the the pattern slowly and then before you know it like you're in the rapids, you know, and when did that happen exactly? It's like, you can't really know what was responsible for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's a really, it's hard to talk about this music in musical terms. I think that's the part that is also really interesting for me. You know, I can't, I can't um, analyze it effectively <laughs> without talking about like so many abstract things. Right. And metaphors are are much more effective. And like we were saying earlier with attitude, you know, and, and the philosophy behind playing the music, like that's much easier to articulate in a way, you know, like we try to keep it really democratic, like as democratic as possible, where it's like really collective improvisation. Right. Yeah. Well, let, let's go back into the flow. You got something else to play us? Uh, yeah, for sure. I got like four records worth of stuff.
All right. Well, thanks, Jameer. This was good hanging. And thank you to Mahalia, our five-week-old guest who has been incredibly quiet. Yeah, we knocked her out with how interesting the music was. I think her eyes were wide open. She was staring into space a thousand miles away. And then before I knew it, I looked down and she was like, she might be the only one who gets it. Exactly. You're so right. I mean, I actually really am glad she's in the interview because to me, like that sort of um, limitless potential concept and, and how we kind of don't know what's coming up next, but nonetheless, like we have to take that leap um, and we have to do the best we can. And if you're with people who you can trust and like they will affirm your risks you know they will embrace your risk and ultimately it'll become an affirmation of that risk you took that is an extremely beautiful thing to feel you know and you see that i think in little kids babies especially you know it's like there's so much potential there and all you want to do is help them through like every risk they may take and teach them that it is okay and affirmation is there, you know? Right. Another cool thing about the record, can I share? Yeah. So uh, May 16th, 1999 is when we did that very first improvisation with the supplicants and recorded our first record. And uh, this 20th anniversary is coming out on May 16th, 2019. So that was a cool thing that synced All up for right. us. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mahalia. Thanks, Samir. Thank you, David. Yeah. All Peace, right. everybody. Take care. Bye.